When I was a young girl, I read a book, Secret of the Andes, that captured my imagination and took me to a world outside my reality of a 10-year-old little girl. It was about Kusi, a young Indian boy who lived high in the Andes Mountains of Peru in a hidden valley with an old man who was his mentor and all the llama herd there who were his companions and friends. And it was a story about his journey of discovery out of his world and into a greater world in search of his family. Well, my journey of discovery started when I was 19 years old, and I went off to uh, study abroad with the University of New Mexico in Quito, Ecuador. Now, I fell in love with Quito, this beautiful colonial city set high in the Andes Mountains of Ecuador on a shelf and ledge overlooking a valley with an active volcano looming over the city. Well, they say that if you live near an active volcano, that it amplifies the energy of the place. And I believe that because I never felt so alive so energized, so vibrantly present as when I lived in Quito, Ecuador. I had decided when I went there that I was going to immerse myself in the culture and this beautiful country, and I did. I hung out with only Ecuadorians. I learned to cumbia with the best of them. <laughs> And I wore folkloric outfits, long flowing skirts, and a little bowler hat, a little felt Indian bowler hat with my long blonde hair. And I used to tell everyone, Yo soy quiteña de corazón. And I felt that. One day I was in this darkened theater waiting for the show to start, and there was this travelogue preview that came on, and it was all about Quito, this beautiful city, and I was just going, yes, yes, it is beautiful. And there were these people in a distance, and they started to zoom up on them, and um, the narrator said, and come to Quito, and you will meet the most beautiful women, Quitanian women you'll ever meet. And they zoomed up, and there I was. <laughs> with my Brazilian girlfriend. And I went, yes. <laughs> That's me, Catania. And now everybody else knows it. It was a great moment. I spent six of the most wonderful years in Quito, Ecuador. I joined the Peace Corps. I worked at an orphanage for young boys. I met an American man and fell in love. We got married on the beach in Ecuador. 
And I had a beautiful baby girl. And life was really idyllic. I was very happy, and we decided we were going to make Quito our home. But you know how life has a way of bringing change, and it can be very abrupt at times and take us different places than we thought we were going. And my baby girl, at eight months, got very sick with the stomach bacteria. And Peace Corps decided to medevac us home back to the States in one short week. I didn't even have time to say goodbye to all the friends I'd made in the last six years. I remember we entered the airplane and I was carrying my little girl and I sat by the window and as I watched Quito and the snow-capped Andes disappear into the distance, I cried silent tears. They just poured down my face and they soaked the front of my blouse and they even fell on the face of my little girl. And I remember inside myself saying, I will be back, South America. I will be back to these beautiful Andes. I'm going to return. But you know how our vows and even our dreams can get buried under a mound of responsibilities or filed away with our bills or the mortgage to pay. And I found myself a divorced single mom of two daughters in mid-school. And I was living a very hollowed out existence compared to the one that I had lived before. Lots of responsibilities, everything on my shoulders. And I wanted to return. I wanted to go back to the life where I had felt so alive. And, and I thought I could bring my daughters. And I, and I went to bed that night. And I was exhausted. I was just exhausted. And I had no volcano to energize me and I had no cumbia to get me going. And it wasn't the right time. But Latin America was to come back into our life. When my daughter was in high school, and she was a senior, she joined this group called Amigos de las Americas, which is like a junior Peace Corps. And the students go to Latin America, and they give three years in the summer of service. And my daughter was wondering where she was going to go, and um, they told her that she was going to go to Ecuador, the country of her birth. And I wondered... I wondered if that vow that I had made so strongly so long ago and the tears that had fallen on her and I, if maybe they had like seeped into her psyche <laughs> and, you know, she had to return 
and the universe said, she will go. <laughs> and so I was very excited and put her on the plane and watched her take off, and I was feeling all these mixed emotions inside me. And I wondered what was going on, happiness, sadness. She was off on her journey of discovery. And all of a sudden, I felt like Wendy in the story of Peter Pan. Do you all remember the last scene of Peter Pan? When Peter flies back in through the window to take Wendy back to Never Never Land, and she's sitting there in her rocking chair, and she's an older woman. And she says, Peter, Peter, I can't go with you. I'm grown up now. I have a daughter of my own and responsibilities. And so Peter takes her daughter's hand and they fly out on their grand adventure. And I knew how Wendy felt <laughs> because my dream, my dream had flown off with my daughter to Ecuador. <laughs> and I was left behind. I was left behind. But vows are potent. <laughs> like a siren's call, my vow, my dream kept calling to me, urgent, insistent. And I turned 55. Five, numerically meaning change, and I had a double digits that year. I had a chance. And so I went to the computer, I sat down, I got on the Peace Corps website. I thought, I'll go back, I'll go back as a volunteer. And, but I saw a job position opening for a director of youth development, my, my career field, in Lima, Peru. And I thought, well, why not? Um, with the exception that this is a 20-page government application and it's due in 24 hours. I can do this. I can do this. And I sat there. I set the alarm that night for three hours, got back up, kept working on it, kept working on it. Two minutes till 12 o'clock noon the next day, and I'm missing a section. And I think to myself, okay, all right, this is my intention to return. And I hit send, bing, pong, gone. And I forgot about it because I didn't fill out a whole section. Two weeks later, I get a call at 6 a.m. in the morning. Hello? And it's someone from Peace Corps, and they say, we just wanted to know if you still wanted to interview for this uh, position. And I'm like, well, let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, yes. And I interviewed with all my passion and the vow behind it, and I got it. I got the position. Two months later, pitch black, I'm in this hunk and chunk of Peace Corps car, going up the side of the mountains in the Andes to get to a, an, an indigenous community of Quechuan-speaking Indians, 
and we had to get there before 6 a.m. because that was the only time we could meet with them to talk to them because they went out and worked their fields during the day. So we're driving up and through potholes. I can see nothing. This is my first time back in the Andes, pitch black. And we enter this little opening at the side of the road, and all of a sudden I can kind of feel this big expansive valley, and it's covered with fog, dense fog. And we come to this opening in the middle, and there's this big looming rock, and we get out, and I start to see community members coming through the mist like spirits. And they're dressed all in their beautiful clothes that they've been wearing for the last hundreds and hundreds of years and the little bowler hat that I recognized. And they're coming through in ones and twos and it's completely silent. The men go off to the right side. The women go off to the left and sit on a log. So I go over and I quietly sit on the log with the women. Complete silence. All of a sudden I look up and it starts poking through the fog are these jagged black mountains of the Andes with the snow on the top of them and the sun hitting them like sparkles coming off and I'm thinking oh this is amazing and I, I look down and out to the to the sides of me and the fog is rising and there's herds of llama and I'm sitting next to this beautiful ancient woman wrinkled from the sun and she looks at me and very slowly reaches her hand out to me. And I reach back and our hands clasp. And all of a sudden, I'm in the story of the secret of the Andes. When Kusi comes back to his beloved community and knows that this is the community of his heart and he's come home. And all of a sudden I realize, I too, like Kusi, I've come home to the land of my corazón. Mm -hmm. oh,